What's up, fuckhead? What's up? How's it going, not big much. bro? Uh, not much. Snow is finally falling out over here, and it's storming. So everybody's been kind of trapped in the house for a few days. Almost What's up with that? Does it does it snow a lot where you're at, or is that kind of like a once every few years type thing? Like it no, is I mean usually every year there's always a little snow, but this actually set the record for most snow ever in Nashville. Yeah, those pictures you sent me was pretty wild. Like the funny, crazy. The, the funny shit about that is like that morning we're all at work and like everybody the the day before had been like it's like winter storm warning, winter storm warning, winter storm warning, two to three inches, two to three inches. Well, it's not the snow that gets you; it's the ice. Okay. Yeah. Like driving on the ice underneath the snow, everybody sliding this and the other. So at work, and then when it hits, it hits hard. Like it's like a fucking blizzard out there. And I'm like, holy shit! So like everybody's got to got to shut down, and everybody's got to get on the road. And I put the truck in four wheel drive, and I only the office that I'm at right now is only 30 minutes from the house, and it took me about two and a half hours to get home. I saw FedEx trucks being pulled out of the ditch from sliding off. Um, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, snowpocalypse, baby. I was down in Alabama when the snowpocalypse hit down there, and everybody got stuck. I mean, everybody. You know what I mean? So, like, cars abandoned on the interstates, people sleeping in retail stores, all that shit. Like, I was down there for that one. So Yeah. How do these guys in, like, Green Bay and stuff deal with this every day? You know? Well, you know, what, you, know, you know how they deal with it every day? It's because their government agencies are more prepared, like, they, they have salt trucks, they have plow trucks and things like that. Like, it's a way of life. Down here, even though we can kind of expect it about once a year, nobody gives a shit. They'd rather just shut this bitch down for a week and just let it all yeah. melt. Yeah, we might get it once every, you know, seven to ten years. I think I could count on one hand, you know, crazy snow times in my life. So It dropped, it dropped about six and a half to seven inches in about five hours over here. Whoa. Damn. So do you like, I mean, you worked throughout the whole day or did you go home early, do anything? Fun, oh, no, like, like, no, no. We like left, built at, like, we left and... at like 830 in the morning because that's when it started coming down. By 10 yeah. o'clock, the roads were barely drivable. Um, so, no, I just stayed inside and worked on my laptop. Just kind of did that shit. So you didn't, really, you didn't really get out in the yard and like make a snowman or do some snow angels no, or we did, have like a snowball last, fight with some Last year's, last year, the kids went out and played a little bit, but last year's snowpocalypse when everything was down for a week because it didn't heat above, it didn't get to above 40 degrees for like a week to melt. Here it was only like 20 degrees for a couple of days. And then yesterday it got above 45 and the day it got to 50 plus rain. So it's all gone. But like last year I took the kids after about day four and we went and got the little fucking uh, like laundry baskets. And there's a big park like down the road from the house. So there's like these big hills that I can, I usually do wind sprints up and it's like a great angle and it's all iced over. So you can just push, like make these homemade sleds and slide down on a fucking laundry basket. <laughs> make like a jackass video out of it or something. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, they, like, like it got, they got a long way. Like it hit the, hit the football field, like the hill goes into the football field and they just kept going. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Nice. But none of that, none of that this time. It didn't get, the ice wasn't thick enough, you know, so it was just a lot of snow with an underlayer of ice. But outside of that, you know, the world has opened back up now and reality is back to normal. Back so. to normal after the snow. You know, speaking of uh, jackass videos, that reminds me of a time back when I was in high school 
a few of us had a bright idea, you know, because that's when Jackass had first came onto the scene. And, you know, I think the first movie had came out and it was hilarious and, you know, the shows and whatnot. You know, I was never a fan of those guys. <laughs> this shit was funny to me, man. We thought it was great. But, uh, you know, a few of us had a bright idea that we were going to get a little handheld camcorder, you know, because this was back before the smartphones and everything. This is when we had the Nokias and all that good stuff. We decided we were going to make a jackass video. And about 10 good minutes into it, uh, one of my buddies had his, uh, had his skull busted in two and had to be rushed to the emergency room. And it was pretty serious. We, uh, we ended that pretty quick. See, that's why you don't do stupid shit like that. Right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why I didn't like that stupid shit. At all. Yeah. He wrote a, he wrote a, on a, you know, like with no hands or whatever, and just kind of like put his feet up on the handlebars down a hill. And he went down into a creek. We were at the fairgrounds. You've been to the fairgrounds, you know. You remember that old yeah. creek that runs through there? Yeah. And like he, he kind of went face first into the, into the creek and we were all laughing and everything. <laughs> he rose up and blood was just pouring, dude. It was like, oh See, shit, we need to get to the hospital. <laughs> See, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, we were 16, 17 years old. We didn't think anything of it. Yeah, well, it was pretty serious. Yep, mm-hmm. stupid games, win stupid prizes, my friend. I'll never, uh, yeah, I just, that's why I didn't like that jackass shit because I was just never a big fan of stupidity. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Never has been. Never will be. Yeah, I was on that. Um, I was on. I was in that movie that had Knoxville in it. You know, the Elvis and Nixon movie, and spent the oh, day yeah, with I Knoxville. He was in that. Yeah, he was, and um, he was pretty funny. You know? Enjoyable to sit and talk to and listen to some of that stuff. So anyway, well, that's that. There was there was the time that my boy uh, Ryan back in the day he played for LSU, and. Uh, I remember, you know, when Knoxville was down there shooting uh, Dukes of Hazard down mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge, he was at Fred's, and we'd always go to Fred's. And, like, Ryan in particular and the football players hung out a lot of Fred's, and Ryan, honestly, was a – he was a hothead, and he loved to scrap. You know what I mean? Yeah. So – and and none of those – none of us down there, Cal, like, nobody, like, were starstruck by the jackass guy. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. And so Johnny Knoxville and, and, and you've been to Fred's before, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So many times. So, okay. So like, if you go like, you know, during the season or Saturday night or whatever, like it's fucking crazy in there. Like it's tiger land. It fucking gets nuts. So the line of the bathroom is like wrapped. Right. And yeah. this motherfucker apparently tries to cut the line. Like Knoxville does like, yeah. cause of his star power. Because he's Knoxville. And, yeah. Cause he's Knoxville. And my boy checks him and he's like, hey, you ain't cutting the fucking line here, bro. And he's like, man, do you know who I am? And he goes, you better look the fuck around and realize where the fuck you are right now. (laughs) So he he challenged Knoxville on the spot. And Knoxville put his tail between his legs and walked to the fucking bank. (laughs) Walked away. away, uh. So he he punked Knoxville in front of Tigerland. Yeah, kind of happens, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I found so, Knoxville to be a good guy, you know, when I was around him. He was, well, cool. he was, then, really, then I, young, he was really young back then, though. So Yeah, he, and, and he was at the top of his fame, and, you know, he was cool. Everybody liked him, you know. And, and I hung with him at the premiere, too, and, and he was cool. So he was all right. I was down yeah, with Knoxville. He's probably, he's probably a much more mellow guy. 
He was. He was much more mellow. You know, he wasn't um, in between takes wanting people to kick him in the balls or anything like that. So, well, like, see, this is my problem, right? Like, I get that, you know, you've hung and been a lot around famous people being an actor and things like that. I don't understand why there comes a sense of entitlement when you get into some level of fame. You know what I mean? Like, no, I agree with that. I agree. You know what that. I mean? Like, like if you're, you have to have at least a certain level of self-awareness, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I get, you get like things handed to you and doors open. For example, you go to a restaurant and you take some selfies with the restaurant owner. You probably don't have to pay for your meals there. You know, like that makes sense. Like I get that there's that there's perks of fame. Right. Um, but I don't like when entitlement is, is part of the, the expectation. Yeah, I agree you with that. I mean? 100%. 100%. You know what I mean? Like I'm yep. like especially like you got to know your surroundings. If you're down in fucking Tigerland and you're just some punk dude shooting your first big role in a movie and your claim to fame is being on TV where you get beat up for fun, like we're going we're going to see real quick <laughs> how tough you are. So, you know, I'm just just throwing it out there. But yeah. I just I don't know. Have you ever experienced anybody like at these premieres or anything like that? Like, have you ever seen the darker side of entitlement? Have you ever been a witness to any of this? No, uh, mostly everybody I've been around has been great. You know, they've been cool, easy to deal with. I haven't had anything like that. Okay. But you see Uh, it, you see it, you know, it's out there for sure. I mean, you hear these stories and see these articles, people act and, well, I yeah. think there's two. I think there's two sides of it, right? Like, I get like, okay, like you're not going to be able to sign every autograph and take every picture with everybody, depending on yeah. how famous you are, right? Like, you got places to be, you got things to do, you know. And listen, you're human too. Like, sometimes they're just bad days. Like, sometimes you just want to be fucked with, and you just got to be like, you know, fuck off. Like, it doesn't mean that's who you are as a person. I think there's always that level too, where there's that other side of it, and be like, oh my god, this person was a big dick to me. Well, maybe they just got in a big fight with their wife or something like that or significant other or, you know, had something major. Maybe their mom, you know, had cancer or something like that. And they could, like, maybe they just got some terrible news and the relative had passed away and they don't feel like fucking fucking with you right now. You know? Yeah, sure. So I get that side of things, too. I don't think one impression makes um, a person, like, whether they're a good or bad person when it comes to fame. So I think there's always got to be that healthy boundary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll tell you somebody. I'll tell you what. Somebody who's really cool that I would like to meet is Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, dude. Listen, listen. Keanu Reeves, uh, a good friend of mine, was actually his assistant when he was shooting down here, and he he was just one of the most genuine people. He said he's ever been around. Just a great guy. Very good, down to earth to deal with. Um, you know, couldn't speak higher of him. So yeah, he would definitely be at the top of the list to to meet and hang out with. Like he he does, he's the type that doesn't put himself ahead of anybody. Um, you know, doesn't look down on people. Just a really good all around person. That's what, that's what I that's what I hear. That's the reputation that follows him. So like he's somebody like you know I could drink a beer with that guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey. I'm like I could drink a beer with that guy. Yeah, he's pretty cool seeming too. Never been around him, but. He seems to be that type. Yeah, you sort of like you were going to say something before I interrupted with that. We did. Did you have something to say on that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, All right. Oh, I say, uh, as far as like, you do hear sometimes, you know, speaking on the film side of it, 
that, oh, I was on set with such and such and they were an asshole to me, you know, in between takes and all this and that. Well, a lot of that comes from and what people don't realize is that, you know, these actors have put in a lot of legwork to get into character and they're not trying to break it just to be friends with you or sign an autograph or take a freaking picture with you or something like that. So it's more like, you know, sometimes they catch a bad rap when they shouldn't. Yeah, no, I get that side of things too, especially depending on how serious the role is. You know what I mean? Right. So like if there's something where you got to go to a dark place and bring out a different side of you and it takes a minute to get into that psyche, you know what I mean? Like it probably takes a minute. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. I get that too. All right. So talking some sports here. So this is the week of the AB drama. Antonio Brown. Oh, wow. If anybody anybody has been living under a rock, you guys, Antonio Brown had probably the most uh, I quit my job quits um, (laughs) of all time. Ever in the the history of history. (laughs) Yes. Um, the great news is, is, unfortunately, his was captured on national TV as a member of the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he, you know, tore off his jersey. He tore off his shirt, danced around through the end zone, waving his hands as he exited the field. So, um, and there's been a lot of shit come out since then. But, you know, you and I were texting about this the other day. And, you know, the first thing I thought was like, what a meltdown, Right. Um, like what a what a meltdown, and then I'm thinking like what happened, right? You what know caused what I mean? it? Like what caused the meltdown? There's been a lot of different narratives, and Antonio Brown is out there spinning these crazy fucking narratives that you know, oh, like my ankle was hurt, and then that narrative changed to um, why am I on a a prove it incentive lidden deal versus a big contract when they need me and all this other shit, you know? And, and I'm just going to throw out here, like, here's the issue. Okay. You are the problem. Like when you have have a track record of screwing up situations, dating back to robbing a delivery truck in college. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And then no matter what situation you land at, like there's some kind of issues. And then, it's not like AB was part of the fucking Browns or the Jaguars or, you know, like one of the franchises that have a history of not being able to control superstars, bad cultures, and histories of losing. Like this guy was a star receiver for the fucking Steelers, um, one of the all-time premier organizations in the NFL, with one of the all-time premier coaches in the NFL history in Mike Tomlin. And, you know... Like, and you fucking, you melt down there. Okay. So then, you know, the, the Oakland Raiders give you a shot and that was just a recipe for disaster. Then there was the helmet situation. I don't know if you remember this, cause that was in hard knocks there. Yes. There yes. was the, there was the, it was the helmet situation about, Oh, like he didn't want to do the league regulated helmet. He wanted to wear his own helmet. Then him and Mike Mayock got into it where he janked the ball from Mike Mayock and punted it. Um, and he was suspended and ultimately cut. Then there's all these domestic allegations. Then he went to the Patriots because, you know, Brady Belichick brought him in and they're the most famous in terms of pro athletes are probably rehabbing NFL careers that have gone astray. And then they cut him after one game because of the domestic allegations and things like that. Um, then, you know, Brady goes to the Bucks, and what does he do? Brings AB with him, right? 
fucking head case, yep. AB. Like, lets him stay at his fucking house. Like, you know, man, like, I really want you on the team. You're a great player. I believe in you. Let's go ball out. Like, hey, you know, like, stay at the house till you get situated. Like, totally okay, right? Then they win the Super Bowl. It looks like AB's turning the corner. Last year, it was all good. This year, then comes the fake vaccination card, right? Um, yep. Where he, where he lies by NFL protocol, gets suspended for four games, then has a meltdown. And now what we're hearing, the stuff that's coming out about it, is that he was mad because of his targets. Because he had about a million bucks on the line and in incentives that he wasn't going to get because they weren't force-feeding him the ball. Well, dude, yeah. dude, like, you've got to be – maybe if you hadn't forged your vaccination card, you could have been available for those four games and gotten your catches. At the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, like, now he's going on this fucking press tour and he's bashing, you know, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and, like, all this other shit, which just shows you the type of dude that he is. Um, like – I honestly, this dude needs to be on suicide watch right now. Like, I don't know what this fucking guy's problem is. Well, let, let's not forget also to throw that out there. And I've been on record telling you that I'm not the biggest Bruce Arians fan. I'm not. You are not. I mean, not. You're not. Not because not because I'm such a big Saints fan. I just I don't like him. I don't know. There's something about it. I'm just not a fan of him. But let's not forget too. After the whole vaccination thing. Arians didn't really have to bring him back in after that, and he did. And the media was bashing him about that, you know, about letting him back into the fold. And Arians basically said, fuck y'all, I'm bringing him back in, like it or not. And then Brown turns around and does that to him. So, Well, see, I, uh, I, I am a B.A. fan. I like Bruce Arians. Um, I've read his book. It's really good. Um, his Football Life special documentary was also very good. Um, you know, and he's really big on giving – guys that fuck up second chances because he fucked up early in his life and he got a second chance. So mm-hmm. he is big on that side of things and he's big on keeping it real. So like, like, you know what I mean? Like think about what he did in Arizona and what he did for Tyron Matthew, you know, post LSU drama and all that shit, you know? Yeah, true. Very true. So like it's, it's those kind of things. Like he's very big on if, if got, giving people second and third chances. If you, but he, but he keeps it real from the standpoint of you can't screw it up. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I do like the fact that he was out there and like, you know, the whole story that Antonio Brown was saying when it came to, you know, he told me to get the fuck out of the game. Well, Bruce Arian said, yeah, this is what happened. He's like, you know, he, there was no point in time. He said anything about his ankle. We call for his personnel grouping. He didn't go in. I go over there and say, what's going on? He said, I'm not going in. He's like, what's going on? He's like, I'm not getting the targets. And he said, get the fuck out of here. And he said that. Like, Bruce Arians said that on the on the thing. He said, I told him to get the fuck out of here. So he yeah. owned that he told him to get the fuck out of there um, because he was crying about his fucking catches. So, I did see that. Now, I will, I will do this, okay? I will say that – and I'm not siding with Antonio Brown in no means. I agree with everything you just said. But when Arians was initially interviewed about it – after the game, you know, when he didn't really speak on it very much, he acted like he didn't know anything about talking to Antonio Brown before he left out. So that kind of raised my brows a little bit. But yeah. I'm with you, man. I mean, just with the with the track record that A.B. has. Now, I will say this. I'm going to give him this. Talent-wise, Antonio Brown 
we can't deny is one of the best receivers to ever lace on a pair of cleats. Oh, he, he truly is. He truly world is. World-class talent. World-class talent. World-class world, talent. With, uh, with a world-class ego to boot. Exactly. So, you know, I just – I can't get behind him with, with this. I don't think anybody – is going to give him another chance. I think he would have a hard time getting in the other league, a Canadian league, overseas or anything. As talented as he is, I just don't think that certainly not well, another I NFL thought, team is going to want to deal with it. I thought his time was up after the whole, like, Las Vegas Raider thing. You know, I thought that he was done then. But then, lo and behold, you know, Tom Brady and Belichick give him a chance. Then he gets cut there. So, I'm like, this dude will never play in the fucking league again. And then, lo and behold, down in Tampa Bay, the fucking guys who are all about second chances, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady and those guys, what do they do? Give them a second chance with a roster that is fucking loaded. loaded. Okay? Like, they didn't need him. And I, I guess the biggest thing is, you know, the, the, the thing that aggravates me the most is the lack of self-awareness as an individual. I think that the people, like, fuck all this mental health shit. The people that are talking about, oh, it's mental health. No, my mental health. And no, like, it's mental health. We've got to put our arms around him. Even Brady's about to put his arms around him. Fuck that guy. Okay, like, fuck that guy. Like, his track record is, is being a dick. Okay? So, fuck his mental health. He's crying out for attention. And everybody around him has enabled him his whole fucking life because he has been a world-class talent. Okay? Well, now, buddy... That doesn't help you at all. So, you know, you're on the fucking road. I doubt anybody. Anybody will give that guy another chance again because this guy has been cut by three amazing, not like, you know, culture problem situations, but amazing coaches. He got cut by fucking Mike Tomlin, who just, bro who just broke the all-time NFL regular season consecutive winning record um, record with 15 mm -hmm. consecutive winning seasons in a row. Um, he got cut by Belichick. He got cut by fucking B.A., like Bruce Arians, who's so big on second chances. Like, like, listen, if those three can't fucking make something out of him, like, then no one can. Like, where, where is he going to go? You know? It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where he goes. He'll be a problem because here's the other thing. His whole gripe was about the contract he was on. It was like an incentive-laced deal. So the reason he's on an incentive-laced deal is nobody's going to give him guaranteed money when he's such a fucking head case. So, you know, this is like a shot that says, like, man, we'll pay you if you go produce because you got to show up and do the work every day. And, yeah. and he was doing that last year, you know. And there's no doubt in my mind that if he had – X amount of be like a million dollars on the line and he needed five catches that Brady would have found a way to make that dude get his money. I think he did it last year, you know? So this guy to just turn his back on everyone and everything like that, everybody vouched for you and stood up for you to give you these chances and spit in their face and then go on all these people's podcasts and just make an ass out of yourself speaks everything we need to know about his character and who he is. Yeah, so, and not only, not only bashed Brady, but uh, really without saying it, talking about how much better he was than – without saying their names, than Godwins and Evans and Gronkowski. Oh, yeah, he, he went out know? and said, yeah, he was the most talented person on that team. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, uh, no, you're not, dude. Like, yes, you are a, a player, like, in terms of 
like you have great ability and speed, like you're a great speedster, but um, fucking Gronkowski and Evans smoke you, dude. Like in terms like Evans is about to break some kind of crazy streak about X amount of like 13, was it like like eight seasons or something like that with a thousand yards or more um, as a yeah, receiver? Yeah. Some kind yeah, of crazy. Eight. Yeah. Eight seasons, yeah. So like. And make no and, mistake, look, like I said a while ago, prime Antonio Brown, absolutely, absolutely he's more talented, but. You know, you just you, you can't carry yourself that way and and expect to have anybody want you on their team, you know, or in their organization. So he kind of made his bed, is what I what I think. He made his bed. Uh, yeah, he can go. He can go. Fucking. But the, I will tell you, the greatest thing to come out of that were the memes. The memes were absolutely fantastic. Oh, the memes are great. And listen, look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him props also. Besides his talent. Uh, Seeing that was truly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Definitely the funniest thing in NFL history. I mean, it was funny. You know, it was funny when he just threw his shit off and was like, I'm out of here and goes and just jumping jacks in the end zone and pieces everybody out. It was funny. I got a the good best, laugh out of it. <laughs> the best meme. The best meme was that black and white one <laughs> that said, what was it about? Like something about leaving a day early or something like that. Um, Oh, I can't remember what the fuck it was. It was like it was like it's never half a day. It, it's or something like that. If you quit working, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's never half a day if you uh, leave early or something. I don't know. They, it they was a, a oh, every day is a half day if you just fucking leave. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. And then the the pictures of him in the end zone when he was doing his jumping jacks and the teams behind him, you know, taking the field. That's that's a great picture, man. It's <laughs> a great picture. It's a great yeah, picture. If if quitting your job was a picture, you know, saying fuck this job was a picture, like that's those memes were absolutely classic. Totally classic. Did you see did you see the one too where he's you know, while he's doing the jumping jack where he's holding up the uh the COVID vaccination card? Oh, I don't think I saw that one. You gotta send that to me. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, I hate to see it. It it uh it just is what it is. You it, know, sucks. it sucks when bridges. people it sucks when people waste their talent, you know what I mean? Where, like, somebody like Josh Gordon, you know, has had – he's had an addiction issue, but he's tried to come back every single time, every place, you know what I mean? Like, he's put in work, you know what I mean? It's just he has an addiction problem, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's gotten help. Like, he's gotten – he went to the Arena League. He got more help, you know. Now he's back with the Seahawks, you know, like – He's he's a world class talent who is just he had an addiction problem. It wasn't. I thought he was, he was with the Chiefs. I thought he was with the Chiefs. The now. Chiefs. The Chiefs. That's it. I'm thought it was yeah. The yeah. The Chiefs. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's more about like that's a, that's a person who was not a problem in the locker room, but just had a, a bunch of personal demons when it came to addiction. That person to all the little mental health pundits out there that are like, oh my god, you know, mental health. Woo. Like to all those people. Josh Gordon would be an example of, yes, he needed help. He got help. He's getting better. You know what I mean? World-class talent, unbelievable, right? Um, versus Antonio Brown, who knows how good he is, but squanders every single opportunity ever given to him. So Yeah, but let's, let me play devil's advocate a little bit, Alan. Let's, let's say this. I mean, you and I have both been on record as to saying, you know, how serious we take mental health issues, so I don't when want this to come across. I don't want this to come across as you like completely just 
cutting that off and bashing it or anything. No, that's like the that reason to anybody I'm bringing, listening no, to us. That's the reason I'm bringing up Josh Gordon is because Josh Gordon had real issues. Okay. Yeah. Like versus Antonio Brown, where his real issue is entitlement. That's the issue. Okay. So like nobody should be screaming mental health for Antonio Brown at all. Like you should scream it for the people that need it, that there's serious issues that are suffering in silence. You know what I mean? Not the not fucking losing your shit and having a total fucking meltdown because you're because you know because daddy took away your pacifier and your little toy because you weren't getting force fed the catches you need. Maybe you should have thought about that before you violated NFL protocols. That's what I'm saying. So it's not a knock on mental health. It's just let's reserve this people the space for the people who actually need help, not the people that are just fucking selfish, narcissistic pricks. Okay. 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 He doesn't need help. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He needs he needs his ass kicked, not help. I'm a. Maybe he should fight Jake Paul next. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's what he'll do. I mean, hell, the chances of that happening are. uh, You know, I saw uh, Le'Veon Bell. Speaking of Antonio Brown, I saw Le'Veon Bell was talking about boxing and calling out maybe Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul and this and that, and then um. Buck signed him like a few days after that, so he kind of had to put that on the back burner. But I think he kind of wants to mix up in that world once he's done with the NFL. Yeah, you know, I hate that we have to keep bringing up Jake Paul, but did you see the latest news about Jake Paul was signaling to Tyron Woodley that he was going to knock him out? Yeah, twisting his hand. Yeah, yeah, they they came out with that like a day after the knockout. I oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, old news, man. I, I just saw that. Like, do you believe that or not? Mm, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if I totally believe it, but I also don't totally buy the knockout either. I don't know. I don't know. Looks like he okay. caught him pretty good. I'll, I'll give his props. Mm, I don't know. I don't, want to, I don't want to spend time talking about him today. I can tell you. Okay. That. All right. I, I'm, not... like you. I'm like you. I hate, I hate that we even have to bring it up. But he's doing a good job at keeping us talking about him, you know, everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens when you capitalize on on your moments, you know what I mean? So props yeah. to him for that. Like, he's keeping himself viable and in the, in the media and making money. So, uh, anyway, so, it is so what it as is. Switching gears a little bit on the, entertain- uh, the entertainment side of things, have you watched the uh, Netflix movie Don't Look Up, the new Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> Yeah, we 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 watched it Friday night, I think. Um, you know what I mean? I fell asleep through it, so I had to like finish it the next day. But I woke up like towards the end, like when the when the meteor hit, and it was so it it's it's almost like I know it's a satire, and I know it's supposed to be funny, you know. But God, it felt so. This is what would happen. You know what I mean? Like you got a fucking president who's only concerned with the appearance of everything you know, going on in, in her political arena, you know, then you got fucking talk show hosts and things like that that are just like, hey, we don't want to get into anything serious. Keep it light. You know, everybody's basically ignoring everyone else that's super serious, knowing that the end of the world is fucking coming. And then I thought, at the end, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying then the end of it, the people who survive are the old ass useless fucks with money. I think that I think it was very well done. I liked the movie a lot. It was very funny. 
It was also smart and depressing. It was very, you know, it, it was all that wrapped into one. I thought Jonah Hill was great in it. I know you're not a big Jonah Hill fan. Uh, I thought he I, did really, really well. I'm a big well. Jonah Hill I fan. Is it, I, I think, listen, I'm a big Jonah Hill fan when it comes to, like, his serious roles. Um, I thought he was funny when he was a kid, like in Superbad and things like that. I oh, loved, he was great in that I one. Loved yeah. him. I loved him in Wolf of Wall Street, though. Like, I loved him in Wolf oh, yeah. of Wall Street. So – that's that's a that's that's a funny story. By the way, funny story about Jonah Hill, real quick, and we'll get back on your movie. Um, did you know that John Bernthal really punched him in Wolf of Wall Street? No. Yeah, he did. No. So Bernthal was telling Howard Stern this on Howard Stern show that you know he kept trying. We you know when he when they were trying to tape the money to the to the wife or whatever like that to smuggle it in Wolf of Wall Street, and how like they got in that fight because he just couldn't take him anymore. So Bernthal punched him. So they kept doing the takes over and over and over again, right? And Sorsese was getting super fucking frustrated because they couldn't. He didn't like the shots of the hit of the punch. So finally, Bernthal pulled Jonah Hill to the side and he's like, "Look, man, I'm gonna really fucking hit you." He goes, "I'm gonna punch you for real." He goes, and then after the shot, he goes, "We're good." He goes, "I want you just if we're off camera, you can knock me the fuck out as hard as you want. You can take a free swing, whatever, you know." So he goes, I'm not going to do it hard. I'm just going to do it. And so, like, Jonah Hill didn't want to do it at first, but then, like, stepped off camera, like, took a couple shots <laughs> to loosen his nerves up. <laughs> and then, and then fucking burnt all hit him and then popped out his fucking veneers <laughs> that he had <laughs> for the role. Yeah. So he knocked he, the hell out of him. Yeah. He actually hit him. Yes. That's golden. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So, anyway, so back to your, back to your movie. So, yeah. But I just thought, um, I just thought it was really well done. I, you know, it, it, like I said, it was funny and depressing and, and smart all in the same. And you are exactly right. That is totally how people would act to the T, 100%, if some shit like that were to go down. Like, if, I, if there's a fucking asteroid coming to the Earth, right, and it's about to fucking, it's a global killer, going to make impact, I would hope that we would all band together and do some, like, Armageddon shit, like where they fly to the asteroid to blow it up or you know, launch some nukes at it or something like that. I feel that we would handle it better, but I can also see like this shit happening where like nobody takes it serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they kept, like they kept giving them shit. Like they were just, cause they were from Michigan state and not like MIT and Harvard and like, and nobody would believe them. It was just, it was hilarious from that standpoint where, you know, um, Jennifer, what's her face? Uh, uh, the actress, what's her name? Who is the, yeah, Lawrence, the other leader? Lawrence. Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence yeah. was like getting so mad at everybody. You know what I mean? Because she just couldn't believe that the president would blow them off, and then the talk show people would be like, "Oh, you know, nobody gives a shit." You know, like it's all good. <laughs> it was, it was good, man. I enjoyed it. I may even watch it again. Sometimes when a movie gets me, I'll watch it two or three times. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love it, love it. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't like. I definitely didn't think it was like Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, no, no. I'm um, not putting it up there with that or anything. I just it, it was just a lot better than I expected it to be. I went into it not expecting much, and it was well done. Yeah, see, I went into it probably expecting a little bit too much because of the cast that was in it. Right. And then, it's, and then it just started off so funny. Like, I was like, this is going to be great. You know what I mean? Um, and then it just, I don't know, it just kind of bored me a little bit towards the middle. And in the end, and the post-credit scenes were pretty good. So... You know, like they're just sitting, they're just sitting around the dinner table and just waiting to be vaporized. You know, <laughs> that was sad. 
That part of it was yeah. sad. Yeah, where everything's just like sitting at the table. And it's like, well, you know, we had a pretty good guess. Yep. Zoom. Peace Zoom. out. Yep. Smoked. I wasn't expecting it. What'd you think? What did you think was going to happen? I thought they were going to stop the shit, man. Mm, nah. I, I, was, oh. I, was thinking, I was thinking some Armageddon type shit, like Bruce Willis comes in and saves the day. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. We're giving you spoilers away. <laughs> we didn't yeah. give a spoiler. We didn't give a spoiler alert before that. So, sorry. but it is what it is. Go watch it anyway. Uh, it's worth it. It is. I mean, like I said, it's kind of a. I mean, you can kind of see where the movies go in the first thirty minutes, but at the same time, like it's still worth watching till the end. So, not bad. Not bad at all. That that would be some that would be some crazy shit if it happened. Like, just wild, you know. Six months from now, boom. Dude, I mean, it's it's this this shithole, this crazy fucking rock that we're riding in space has got to come to an end at some point. So, you know, who knows when? It could happen, you know, thousand years from now, or it could happen, you know, tomorrow. Hopefully not tomorrow. We fucking yeah. caught an asteroid plummeting at us for with all of our technology. But you know, <laughs> who, who the fuck knows? Like whether we wipe ourselves out through war and destruction, or you know, like Mother Nature turns or against the, us, or the or the or the Loch Ness monster is is hiding at the bottom of the ocean, like we talked yeah. talked about that time, mutating. Yeah. yeah, this big fucking like dinosaur attacks, like that fucking uh, what the hell was that movie with the kaiju's? You know what I mean? Like coming out the fucking ocean with these fucking alien space monsters leveling cities and shit. Like that was a P- Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, Pacific yeah. Rim. Yep, like that could happen. You know, we don't know. We don't know. This rock, this blue fucking rock we're flying on, though, this bitch is going to end soon at some point. So, you know, this 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 dance can only last for so long before we get so, uh, totally totally annihilated into oblivion. Crazy, man. Crazy thoughts. Here's a random one for you, Alan. If you had three wishes, if if, if Alan is walking across the world comes across a genie lamp and rubs it out okay. and can get three wishes, any three wishes. What would you do? No strings attached. No strings attached. So like if I wish say it, for, how you want to say it, say it like I want to say it. Okay. Say it like you want to say it. You get three wishes. Once you wish them, that's it. Okay. So first thing is, is I want about 5 billion dollars in my bank okay. account okay okay so boom i can do with what i want to with the five billion but i just want the billion to distribute how amongst us he please so five billion is a really good number for me you know to ride off into the sunset okay so i'll take that uh second wish i want a wolverine healing factor ability with an adamantium skeleton <laughs> okay okay like straight up <laughs> x-men shit go, go, go right. in depth go in depth with that like why you would want this well, okay. First of all, you're basically indestructible. So if you cut yourself, you instantly heal, right? Like, if so if some, somebody shoots you, your skeleton is adamantium, so you're basically bulletproof, and the fucking, you know, like you're, you will heal instantly from all these gunshot wounds. So, like, boom, you're instantly almost indestructible. All right, so that's number one power right there. Third wish, Right. Um, not some peace on earth shit. I want Superman's powers and be able to fly. 
Okay. I want to just fucking, I just want to take off and just be like, you know what? If you're having a bad day at the house, fuck it. I'm just going to fly. <laughs> just shoot, shoot up there and just, you know, take a nice little leisurely stroll around the globe. Maybe I'll fucking go land in Italy and chill. I don't know who the fuck knows. Like, I'm just going to fly bad day. You know, you and your significant other having an out. Cool. Boom. Going to Paris. Be there in a couple hours. You know, fuck this bullshit. So, so all three are going to be <laughs> Alan are going to be like, you know, any type of. Oh, like save like the world said. type shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, None of that, I don't know. Right? I can, I can do a lot of altruistic things for five, with 5 billion in my bank account. True. Yeah, that's true. So you, know, you would, uh, so you would kind of like maybe use some of that to better the earth is what you're saying. Uh, I would better certain things, you know, I would give a lot to like St. Jude's and things like that. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah. I wouldn't fucking, you know, I wouldn't spend it all on me. Like I don't need that much. I'm just saying like, I could, I could make everybody's life around me really, really good. And then I could take care of some less unfortunate people with that money. And then selfishly, I'm also going to be really fucking indestructible, really strong (laughs) and I can fly. So, you know, with 5 billion, but if you, if you, if you had the Superman power, would you really need the, the Wolverine power? You know, like why do both? I think you could come up with something more complex and different, you know, for number two, maybe stick with the Superman power and then find something else for number two. I don't know. It just depends. Like I said, like I want the ability to fly, you know, maybe, maybe I could take Superman's over Wolverine's or Wolverine's. I don't know. It depends. I just want the ability to fly, but I also want the ability to have like claws come out and be able to slice people up if they piss me off. So, <laughs> so you know, I kind of want the best of both worlds there. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see. I could get down with that. I don't really know. I don't know what I'd do. I've thought about that a lot of times, weirdly. You know, if, could you see that question pop up here and there? It's like, oh, I don't know. You know, well, I'd there's a lot of take, shit, I guess. I don't I'd definitely it. take. Like, just think about, like, you could do a lot with $5 billion, you know? Um, you could do a lot of good with a lot of cash. So I would definitely put some good things back into the world. But I'd also be super powerful. So if somebody wants to, like, you know, cry wolf and be a bitch, then they can come say it to my face because I could just blow them and fly, you know, 10 football fields and I wouldn't give a shit. And then if you're having a bad day, just pick up and fly across the world. Huh? Yeah, like I could do like Antonio Brown, except I could fly to the other side of the world. You know, I could just be like, fuck it. Gone. You know, people piss you off at work. You know what? Fuck it. Hey, never have to sit in traffic again. Ever. Like I could just fly to work or fly to whatever and be done. No more traffic. No more cars. I'm good. You know, totally good. Yeah, I, I think, billion, I think you really don't have to do anything anymore. Well, I think also just the ability to, I think, I think the main thing, the reason I would want to fly is just to skip traffic. I hate traffic so bad. I would never want to yeah, sit in. You hate traffic more than anybody I've ever seen. You bitch about traffic more than anything, dude. It's because More it's than because, anything or anybody. It's because traffic is absolutely the worst over here. So throwing it out there. Would you say it's worse in that city than any city you've been in? Absolutely. No way. It's worse than Baton Rouge, man. New Orleans. Oh, I can see. I mean, I can believe that, but on its on its worst day, yeah, absolutely. Because there's still too many people moving here, so the infrastructure is too crowded. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of places the construction and the need can't meet the amount, the demand of the people moving here. 
So it's just gridlocked all the time. You have been to so well again, also different. That's a that's been a problem forever. This was not a problem forever. This is a problem because everybody just moving here right now. Was it a problem by the time you moved there, or is it something that's no? When I moved here, it was like it, it was it was normal, right? Like it would say it's like you know like any other city. Like you have your rush hour traffic and your work traffic, and it's say now it's just if you want to go fucking ten minutes on the street, you're gonna hit traffic, no matter the time of day. Yeah, increasingly, so incre- increasingly getting worse. Well, that's because all these corporations are moving here and relocating their headquarters here from California, New York, and bringing twenty or thirty thousand employees for each company at a time. So the supply that like. The, the demand has not met the supply. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it, can't, it can't equalize and balance that out. There's no infrastructure. Like, city planning can't keep up with the amount of infrastructure needed for the amount of people moving here. Like, they can't shotgun up the amount of apartment complexes and houses and duplexes and things like that to meet the need. Gotcha. Yeah, let me pa- let me pass the ball back to you in the sports world. How do you feel about the playoff shaping up in the NFL and who's going to do what? Do you have a favorite? Do we have a do we I have some predictions? No predictions. I I don't. I think it's just like man, it's the playoffs, and that's why I think from a sports gambling perspective, we are staying away from the playoffs because they are just so unpredictable. I am kind of I think it's kind of fun to see the amount of things that are on the line today on the last game of the season. You know, from like a you know clinching standpoint or a seeding standpoint yeah so that even even the incentive standpoints are pretty fun to watch for individuals yep so i think there's some there's some good things that make the last game of the season which is normally just you know a bunch of people just playing through the motions um makes it very interesting to watch today i was watching some of the early games earlier i was gonna watch cincinnati but then they sat joe burrow so i'm like i'm not worried i'm not watching this shit he was so, actually fixing to be my next topic for you, man. How about him and Chase? They are just they're tearing doing way, shit up. Over I there. will tell you, they're doing way better than I thought they would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Burrow, I thought would be good, and then he got his ACL injury last year, and you just never know coming off that multiple injuries that he's had. Um, but now that he's got his favorite target, you know, like he is just crushing it. I mean, look, it's hard to win ten games in the NFL, and he has done it. And he has done it really well. He's had some bad games because he also, I think, leads the league in interceptions as well. Um, but he's a gunslinger, and I don't mind that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, look. These, last, these last two weeks, he's been invincible. Well, totally. Everybody, everybody, everybody bags on, on the picks. You know what I mean? But, like, I honestly wish that we would stop counting tip balls against quarterbacks as INTs. I really do. Like, if a tip ball happens off your receiver's hands and it gets picked, that should not be the quarterback's fault. I think the quarterback should only be charged an INT if they get picked clean. You know what I mean? Like, well, what, well, D- what are you going to do? Put it, what are you going to do? Put an INT next to the receiver? Absolutely. I mean, what it, should, it, should, it should be the fucking, it should be the, uh, the person who tipped the ball. Like, if it was an offensive player who tipped the ball, if not, it's just an INT, but you don't go against the QB. You know what I mean? Because that's not the QB's fault that the receiver fucking can't catch. So it's not like he misread the route or mistimed the receiver and threw a pick to the other team. It's it's not that. It's you know I just I hate. Uh, I hate. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that. Uh, How do you disagree? Yeah. I mean, an interception is an interception. Put an asterisk by it if you want to, but it is what it is. 
it's an interception, but it shouldn't count against the quarterback rating. Is what I'm saying. Like it okay, should not. I mean, rating, but you know the shit should definitely go in the stat book. You know, yeah, it should go pitch. in. The, it should go in the stat book, but it shouldn't go against the QB rating. Like we shouldn't okay. say. I, okay, so, I can agree to that. So say say Joe Burrow fucking throws three picks and has four touchdowns, right? Like they're gonna be like, oh, Joe Burrow oh, three picks, but those those three picks happened, you know, at fucking maybe they were garbage interceptions. You know what I mean? Like versus like either the there was off the receiver's hands or a DB hit it on the line and locked it up in the air. You know what I mean? Just things like that. Somebody defensively made a play, not like jump, not jumping the route or anything like that. Just maybe either his receivers tipped it or hit the receiver's helmet, bounced off like fluky shit. You know, I hate that it counts against the QB's rating and it can go down as an interception. I just don't like the fact that it goes against the quarterback. I've never liked that. Like well, if the de- if the defensive lineman swats the ball or the you know or hits a defensive player, then shit, yeah, it should go against the quarterback rating. Mm-hmm. The only time I would be against it going against the quarterback rating is if it hits a receiver's hands and pops out, and a receiver picks it off or some shit like that. But yeah. uh, I just think sometimes you get kid breaks. But that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people like are bagging on Burrow because of his league leading interceptions. I'm not bagging on him right now. I like the fact that he's a gunslinger, and everybody forget that Peyton Manning led the league interceptions his rookie year and the year after that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he had, he had so, what, like 33 his first year, 28, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, and then Brett Favre still holds, I think, the record for most interceptions in a career. You know what I mean? But he's a Hall of Fame quarterback because he also had, you know, the touchdowns to match it. Sometimes when you're a gunslinger, you know, you can always be better, right? Like you definitely don't want to turn the ball over. It's not what their goal is. But I like the fact that it doesn't shake his confidence when that happens. He, if he throws a fucking pick, he comes back out the next drive and he's going to fucking throw a touchdown. He's going to still go for it. You know what I mean? So where I think other, other QBs get a little gun shy. Yeah, and I'll go on record too on this podcast to say, because we talked about it in the very first episode or that we did, was uh, that the Bengals made a mistake going with Chase instead of yeah. the lineman. I'll go, I'll go ahead and eat my crow for saying that. I don't know how you feel about it. You may still feel the same way you felt, but – I think that they made the right call now with the way that they're playing. They are very much in sync. They're as much in sync as any wide receiver quarterback combo I've ever seen. I do think the Bengals need to spend their next draft in the offseason getting a very good lineman, obviously, with the sacks that Burrow takes. But they are a piece or two away from being a serious Super Bowl contender and could even be one this year. They really you know, are. They Listen – if they heat up going into the playoffs, they could be a dark they horse. They could. Absolutely, down. they could. They could. I think that I think that there, there are a couple of offensive line pieces and a, some pass rushing pieces away um, for being a viable threat. You know what I mean? But again, winning 10 games in the NFL, especially like in that division they're in, um, is really hard. So – like, shout out to, to them. I definitely will eat the crow on Chase. I didn't think after sitting out a year that he would come into the league and be this good. I didn't you know? either. Yeah. Um, but so, so great job to those guys, like, taking him. Uh, I think the safe pick, again, as good as Joe Burrow is, if he's not playing in the games, it doesn't mean shit, right? Because we have a ton of guys that are out there that are super talented, but they're always hurt, like Christian McCaffrey, you know, Odell Beckham, right? Like all these these world class players, Dalvin Cook, um, 
like like it's great when you're when you're out there and you produce but you know availability is a key thing in the NFL so very very hard to to overcome that so like I would have played it safe and went there but you can't deny what they're doing together and you can't deny the records that he's going for and what he's able to do against secondaries right now like they can't figure it out like on that same note though like quietly Justin Jefferson had him another great season that nobody's talking about absolutely like last year he was setting all these records and all this crazy shit with Kirk Cousins and then this year He's doing it back to back, but nobody's talking about him, you know? So like he's doing a great record, which makes me think like, it just makes us think back to that 2019 season and all the weapons that we had. My God, we should have won the fucking, like we won the national championship at LSU, but (laughs) we should have. So, yeah, I mean, and it goes back to, to, uh, is, is Joe Brady as good as we all thought he was? Well, you know, he got fired. Yeah. So, like, Carolina yeah. moved in different directions. But they also have a new impulsive owner now. So, he's, like, an owner that he wants to tinker and play a lot, you know? So, he's not, like, a, like a sit-back-and-let-the-people-do-their-jobs owner. He's, like, a in-the-middle-Jerry-Jones-type owner. So, we'll, we'll see how that, how that goes. And I, I do – I still think Joe Brady was the best thing that happened to Joe Burrow that year. Um, to get him into a rhythm and bring out the best of his talent. So, yeah, I feel like he was, you know, I feel like he was really creative and, and did good, you know. Uh, I don't think it's a, oh, you know, he's not as good as what we maybe Maybe he's not. I don't know, but he still deserves credit. I'm not just ready to say, oh, he was nothing to this team, you know. Yeah, but back back to the playoffs, I think that the dark I got, I got dark horse candidates, right? So my dark horses in the AFC are the Colts and the Bengals, right? I could see if any one of those two teams get hot, like they can make a run. They've proven they can beat anybody this year. Um, they just got to get hot. Like for the Colts, Wentz she needs to not make mistakes, and they need to get Jonathan Taylor the ball um, and start wearing that wearing them down. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, for the Bengals, you got Burrow and Chase. If that fucking connection starts firing on all cylinders early and they can get out the big leads, they are dangerous. Plus, you just can't ever count them out. But I think those two are my dark horse AFC teams. Um, outside of any of the favorites, I do think the Titans are extremely overrated. I see them getting bounced in the first game. Um, well, Henry's going to be back, though. So, he's, he's not going to be in football shape. Mm, I don't know. He's been working out. He's been practicing. Yeah, working out and getting hit in game time situations are totally different. Like it takes a minute to build up those calluses when you're getting hit. I don't know that they're going to make a deep run, but you know, having him back's big. Yep. So NFC wise, I mean, this is really really tough to say. You know, really really tough to say. It just it just depends in the NFC. Um, dark horse candidate for the NFC. Hmm. Cowboys. No, not at all. Nope, they're terrible. Um, they just they can't do it. I just don't see don't, them mentally overcoming it. I don't root for them at all, but I, I could see it. I could see it happening. They got a lot of talent mm-hmm. over there, man. I don't know. It feels like they're up and down, especially with Mike McCarthy as a coach. You know? I just I don't know. They feel very, very unstable, unstable to me. They've gone through a lot of ups and downs this season. So mm, 
My Saints are going to have to beat the Falcons to get in the playoffs today. But I thought the Saints were out of the playoffs. No, if we win today, we're in. Really? Yep. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were dead in the water. Um, scenario maybe to that. I think maybe the 49ers have to beat the Rams. Maybe. Or I thought that was how the scenario went. But then this morning I was watching Countdown and they just said that Saints would clinch playoff birds. Falcon. So maybe that's all there is to it. Our chances today, but I don't Well, my NFC, my uh, NFC dark horse is the San Francisco 49ers. So that's my well, NFC dark horse. We talked about. Good defense. Kittle is just a freak show. So, yeah, I could see that happening. If they're healthy and Shanahan's a great play caller, they just have to be healthy. Yeah. You know? So, I think if Garoppolo's healthy, they can make a little run, um, especially with their weapons they have on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So, that's kind of my dark horse. I don't see Tampa making it this year. Definitely don't. Um, I just think that they're kind of installing the last few weeks. And instead of like last year where they were heating up around this time of the year, I feel like they're going backwards and taking a step back. And the last thing Tom Brady wants to see in the playoffs is the New Orleans Saints defense. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know why, but that guy cannot get past the New Orleans Saints defense. They've got his number for some reason. I don't know what it is, but they, you know, they get after his ass and they play really well. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just – I don't know who's going to win it. It's very, it's the playoffs. You can never know. You know, you have a wild card team like last year, Tampa went all the way, you know, or the Giant. I mean, just, you just never know. That's why I like it's best probably to, to stay away from spreads and things like that because it's so unpredictable. Crazy times. That's what. Yep. By the way, throwing this out there before we log off of here in a few minutes. Uh, today is the 10-year anniversary of us getting our ass kicked to Alabama in the Superdome. Is it? One, yes, sir. One nine two thousand twelve. A day that I will never forget. <laughs> yeah, the day where Les Miles didn't put in Mettenberger. No, uh, no, no. Not Met- well, Mettenberger was on the team, wasn't he? He was, yep. He was the backup. So, no, no, oh, he was on the team. That's right, he was. He wasn't yep. the backup. It was, uh, it was Jarrett Lee and Jordan Jefferson. But I forgot Mettenberger was on that team. He was. He was on the sideline throwing rockets while we couldn't move the ball <laughs> past the fifty. I forgot so, that he. But we had we had Jarrett Lee, who we uh-huh. had used a lot through that year, and didn't. Who also, yeah, he also couldn't move the ball past. Like no, yep, we didn't do anything to try to change it up. Um, we just went out there, you know, they went to Harris the night before and got blitzed up thinking they were going to roll over Alabama. And then Alabama came out there and just curb stomped our nuts down into the sideline. Trent Richardson just made us look bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, our defense not a- was great. Our defense was great from top to bottom that whole year though. I'm, they were fantastic. One of the best defenses I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, I won't dive too deep into that. I just wanted to throw that out there that it was the 10-year anniversary. So, here we are. Yeah. Well, I'm not, it's definitely an anniversary not worth celebrating. Yeah, for sure. Well, man. Uh, nothing. Just going to go run some errands and probably just chill out and watch football and get ready to go back to the grind tomorrow. Yay. Um, you Georgia know, versus Bama out. tomorrow. Georgia versus Bama. Um, I honestly think Georgia gets them this game. And – I predicted at the start of the year that Nick Saban would lose twice 
two former assistants. I thought it would be Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart. And he lost to Jimbo and then beat Kirby in the SEC championship game. But I think Kirby gets him in the natty. So, like, I just do. The, the, if they can get pressure on Bryce Young, then it's over. Like, George is going to pound him up front. But, like, Bama made him look bad in the SEC title game. But, you know, that the Bama offensive line, if you go back and watch them this year, throughout the year, they've played pretty shitty. You know, looking about like us at LSU from a shitty perspective. So they haven't played with aggressiveness and until the Georgia game. The Georgia game, they actually showed like what they're capable of. The question is, is like, will they, will it be in their heads that they beat them so bad the first time? Will they not come out as aggressive and then get blitzed and get Bryce Young under pressure and making poor decisions? Because the thing about it is, LSU could have won the game against Bama. They blitzed Bryce Young all the time, got him under pressure, made him make bad decisions. And if Georgia does that to Bryce Young, Georgia will win and not only win, but win 35 to 14. Oh, I don't see that happening. If they get pressure on Young, I definitely see it happening. I think I'm thinking Bama gets them again. Just can't, no bet, against, just can't, just can't bet against Saban, man. Yeah, but the whole, all the public now is on Alabama. So be careful. We shall see. When, when 70% of the public is usually on a team, that's when you usually go the opposite direction. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's, it's why they play the game, you know? That's why they play the game, baby. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. We're going to get out of here and go hang out, chill, go, or whatever. Go find your genie in a bottle. <laughs> I wish I could find my fucking genie in a bottle. Five bills sounds really good right now. It does. Don't forget about me. I'm not. I'm not gonna forget about you. Definitely, definitely move you to Tennessee. Um, we'll buy a bunch of land out here to ourselves. You know, put you a mile on the road so I don't have to see your ugly fucking face um, and your bitch tits. Just put you down there. You know, I come drag you. I come drag you to the gym every day. Yeah. Oh, state yeah, of the art gym with five bill. I like it. It's a good point. Yeah, oh, it'd be like a, I'm a. I'd be like a multiplex man. I'd be like a six story gym, um, free to the public. Anybody can come in and just train. Hmm. You're asking for it there, but okay. Do your thing. It's your five people. I will. I'm going to totally do my thing. Totally free to everyone who wants to train. Um, you know, with certain limits, obviously, if you get caught not putting your shit up or, you know, being an asshole, then you're kicked out and you can never come back. Blah, 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 blah. So. Well, make it happen. I shall. I shall. Well, all right, cuz. I'm out of here. I'm Alan Wise. Cody Wise. We are the motherfucking Wise Asses. We'll catch you next week, motherfuckers. Later. Later.